Welcome to the PTSD Podcast with your host, comedian and military veteran, Bernard the Laugh Therapist Hines, where we discuss PTSD, processing traumatic situations differently, and give you tools to help you overcome the stigma of seeking help. If you're ready to be inspired, then welcome to the stigma-free zone. Here's your host, the lap therapist himself, Bernard Hines. What up? Hello, everyone. I am your host, Bernard Hines, a.k.a. the Laugh Therapist, and welcome to the PTSD, Processing Traumatic Situations Differently podcast. Here, we try to inform, enlighten, and become advocates for one another as we learn more productive ways to process our trauma. Always remember, as a therapist, I am not licensed. I'm just medicated. Welcome to the stigma-free zone. What up, everybody? Thank y'all for being here. Listen, we got a show for today. Oh, my goodness. My homeboy, my mentor, my friend, my my pseudo-pastor, if you want to say he, he tries to uh, speak knowledge, y'all. None other than professional comedian. Cletus Cassidy, y'all. Let's give him a hand as we bring him on. What up, there, Cletus? What's going on, man? That was a that was a lot to have to take in. When yeah, you was, man. When you were naming all them people, I thought you had somebody else coming. No, I was like, <laughs> no, no, no. I got you, my brother. Listen, usually I try to talk to my military community about PTSD, but seeing as you are in the army of the Lord. You fit right on in, you know. What I'm I saying? also grew up in Portsmouth, so that, you know that you got Portsmouth there was a lot of guns and yeah. violence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I've been with you when me and your uncle was together, and we both war veterans. And you was like, "Hey, I, this is just too much for me." That was a lot of trauma for me too, man. <laughs> I I had to do that. My my father, um, well, at least the one that I know. Yeah, he was in the army. My grandfather was Navy. He never he never stopped. He was the type of Navy that couldn't couldn't adjust to outside life. Mm. He called everything the ship, you know. Okay. We be in the house. He'd be like, "Somebody go in there and swab the deck." I'd be like, "I don't, I don't know what you're talking about." What? <laughs> who in the mess hall? And who in the mess hall? You in the kitchen? You know, y'all go in there, get out that head. I was like, "What? Where? Where we at?" Yeah, yeah. So he, he couldn't, he couldn't let, he couldn't let that military go. So right. Um, it's been interesting, man. How how that is. So I've grown up around, of course, right. being in the area that I'm in, military. So I I feel military ish. I'm, I'm military without the discounts. But see, but I like this, though, because people always want to make PTSD a military disorder, you know, or that, that, that's when that's when it first came to light. Because it I is believe, war. yeah, I believe, yeah, the, the so the military, of course, there's a there's a traumatic stress and people have put it in that in that instance. Mm-hmm. But I don't think a lot of people like to realize that a lot of the, the things that we deal with in just regular life are trauma. Correct. You Correct. Know, um sucks you know like when we lose people that's trauma if you ever been in a fight in school that's trauma mm-hmm. if you ever been in a car accident like people get in the car accidents and forget about the fact that you can't drive for a week and a half because you're jumpy every time you see a every car time. or you don't want to go across a railroad track like you do that and the first time you had your mother-in-law cooking you know that's trauma because you don't want to eat that again you know you're like, oh that was, that was nasty no not your mother-in-law your mother-in-law's <laughs> please, a fantastic cook. please but please don't get me put out but people go through traumatic stress situations all the time, and there's trauma involved in a lot of things. Like, even though I don't have the military thing, I just recently had a health scare. There you go. That's yes. And sir. when I had it, people were like, "You have something called white coat syndrome," and I was like, 
Mm. I can wear coats in any color. I mean, it, what are right. you talking about, man? I, I mean, I prefer black because you know you look slimmer. But what is white okay. coat syndrome? And and it's the whole. They say when you get around doctors and different uh, medical professionals, professionals, okay, that um, that your your blood pressure rises and that mm-hmm. you have yes, certain yes. signs. So I say, yeah, I get that, but that's a point. That's a traumatic stress. Yes, like it a is. lot of people are not used to going to the doctor and hearing good things. If you went to the doctor and every time you went to the doctor, the doctor told you. Hey man, you slim fit and trim, man. I, I don't even know why you coming to see me. Correct. That would be different. But almost every time you go to the doctor, even if you a pound overweight, they try to get you, you need to lose a little weight. Mm-hmm. You know, you need mm-hmm. to change this. You gotta or, say something. Or as you get older, you start to have a grasp of your mortality. Correct. And when you hear things that have taken out other people, my mom died of a heart attack, my dad died of a heart attack. And so when I have a heart issue, my my, my brother died. He's not mm-hmm. my real brother, but one of my right. very best friends. Heart attack, uh, just lost another friend, heart issues. So when you start hearing that, you realize now your own mortality. Mm-hmm. So when you go in there, the, the the stress of the trauma of losing people hits you. And it's how do you process that? Do you just take it with a grain of salt? Does your mind start thinking? And I have control issues. Okay. Um, I like being in control of situations. And nothing tells you that you're not in control <laughs> like your health. Correct. Like Correct. you wanted to be, but you just be like, nah, because you can't control your. Like people be like, what are you doing to turn down your uh, to get your uh, blood pressure lower? And I was like, it's, it's like not like I could just turn a knob on my body okay. and be like, oh no, it's high. It's not a thermostat. I can go, oh man, my, my blood pressure high. Let me hit my left hit my left butt cheek three times right, right. and it'll go down. You know, there's nothing you can do. So correct, it's different. Man, listen, y'all, we're speaking to Mr. Cletus Cassidy. We didn't get a chance to say all his thing, but he's a 20 years, y'all. He's been 20 years, been trying to make a name for himself, and he has made a name. He's performed stand-up, written for others, acting films across the country. And with he's already on uh, uh, The Churchy, right? It's called The Churchy? Yeah, the church. Uh, the, the sitcom is on by Kevin Stage Studios. It's called Churchy. I play Deacon Charles. Um, I, I just say I could never be a, a deacon in church, so I had to go play one on TV. Hey, that's so that's it. been exciting. Yeah, um, and you're I've the done, producer, right, of a radio show, right? I produced the uh, Michael Michael Come Collier Morning Show. It's not necessarily radio; it's right. uh, a direct okay. to YouTube. Uh, you can you can find it on IMDb. I'm I'm credited. Come on uh, now, but it's directly to YouTube, and it's a morning show every year for a legendary comedian, uh, Michael Collier. So I'm the producer of that show as well as the co-host. And I'm also featuring on his podcast, Michael yeah. Talks to Everybody. So that's been really exciting, man. I I, I don't get into the credits. Right. That's like you do. People, but we can talk about We're going to get yeah, into your credits, really, brother. We yeah, got I don't to. really flex on them like no, that. No, no. Listen, y'all. The brother is doing great things. But what I try to say is all the good stuff that y'all seen Cletus do, me and Cletus, we really tight. I'm going to say it. We tight. And I have been through. I'm his second best friend. Okay. Well, okay. Here we go. Somewhere around third. I I hover. I was trying to. I I wait for the rankings to come out each week, man. I I wait for the rankings. I got three levels of friends. I got a best friend, military, best friend, married, and then best friend, single. But listen, what y'all don't know is I've been with this brother in some of the most traumatic moments of his life. Uh, me and Cletus had a radio show and he don't mind getting fired because he told me, he said, Vernon, don't quit your day job because I don't feel we're going to be here long because... Uh... I ain't going to be here long. <laughs> and you know, it's, what's so crazy is that like sometimes I get fired and I think back over the last two radio jobs that I lost, mm-hmm. I, I will get fired over somebody else. Okay. Like I'll get fired going to back because if you remember, um, if you remember our first firing, mm-hmm. It was because they had fired our uh, our engineer, yeah, mm-hmm. our engineer and producer. 
And I went to the people was like, y'all, this is wrong. Like this man, ain't did nothing. He he's done a great job with our show. Like where are we supposed to go with it? And the person who said, I'm going to take over producing y'all show was actually the owner. And I was like, nah, cause this, <laughs> this ain't fitting to work. You know, right. right is right. Wrong is wrong. I've, I've seen, I've seen your work compared to who we had. And uh, he got upset because I, you know, I went in the bat for my friend, but and that, um, that was me just a trauma. different time. That yeah, and it got you. Trauma. Yeah, it got you fired too. Yeah. So you got to watch who you hit your wagon to. You got watch to. which horse you which hit your wagon to. But this is what we were talking about. This is what I wanted to talk about. You was in the process, and we didn't know what was going on of you losing your voice. I did, and that um, was that's your money maker. That's what you do. Yeah, that wasn't when I got fired with y'all though. What? No, that was yes, I got. Yeah. It was during that same period. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, it was during that same period, and we didn't know what was going on. You didn't know what was going on. You went and got biopsies. You went and got throat folks with all uh, pause all down your throat. Yeah, I did. Yeah, let's yeah. let's stop that. Let's stop that. It won't. <laughs> it just won't people in my throat now. I just I had doctors examining my throat. And uh, if you ever go through a throat exam, first of all, be prepared for them to not even go through your mouth. That was what really. Tricked me up, man. I went in for my first throat exam, and I'm opening. I'm opening wide, you know. Mm. They sprayed a little spray. They were like, "We gonna spray the spray to numb your throat." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So they spray me, and they like, "All right, we getting ready to go in." And I open my mouth as wide as possible, you know. I'm like, "Here you go, y'all go ahead in. Let me stick my tongue out, and say ah." Right. They were like, "No, you can close your mouth. That's not how we get in there." And I was like, "Well, how does how does this work?" And they went through my nose. God, to my nose. So they put the camera up through your nose, back down through your nasal pad. I was like, "Yo, I don't ever." Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, whenever they be like, it's gonna be a little discomfort, or you may feel a little bit of a pinch. You already know it, it's gonna hurt like Hades, and so that that was a rough moment for me. But yeah, um, we went through that. God kept me through that, man. Um, that's another traumatic experience because yes. when you're going through it, and um, you're a voice professional is what they call it, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be a singer, an actor, somebody, somebody who your voice is important for what you do. To lose that. And try to figure out how you're going to do. This is what sustains me. This is what sustains my family, my life, everything. And to be looking at it in the face of losing all of that. And again, on something that you couldn't control. Right. Um, was, uh, that that was a lot, man. That was yeah. a lot. But, you know, I got through it. I made it through. Um, my spirituality, I had a lot of people who came through uh, for mm-hmm. me. And I think that um, one of the weird things, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I, I'll say this. One of the weird things about faith. And if you have faith, if you're a person of faith, and I know everybody isn't. Right. But I am. Um, if you're a person of faith and if you really want to follow the calling that God has on your life, a lot of times we think that when you be like, all right, God, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. It's fitting to be roses and, and, mm-hmm. and butterflies and rainbows mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. And it's not like that. Jesus, his own son followed him and he ended up getting killed. So you got to really right. look at it like, God, do you know what you're talking about on this following thing? So a lot of times, he, if you go ahead and submit to what he's asking you to do, it doesn't immediately turn to just all kinds of great. But what he does is he throws faith tests at you. Mm-hmm. And so when you're going through those faith tests, things are going to get really, really bad a lot of times. And that's him being like, are you still going to lean on me? Are you still going to wow. trust me and what I've said? Or are you going to try to fall back to what you know? Are you going to go and lean into your own understanding? Wow. So. It's like the guy that's like, yo, I used to sell drugs and mm-hmm. I had all the money in the world. I, I gave that life up. Now I'm doing okay. 
But now my bills are behind while I'm working a regular job. My, my bills are behind. Are you going to believe that God's going to provide you the money that you need to pay those bills? Or are you going to be like, no, nah, because I know how to do it. I'm going to go back and sell these drugs. Right. And so sometimes God is testing you just to see, are you going to continue to have your faith in me? I'm just going to test your faith really quick. And uh, and that's what I think a lot of these situations that I've had to go through mm-hmm. have been. Because on the heels of everything, the after this is what I live for. Correct. On a lot okay. Of Okay. So even if I'm in the middle of a struggle, I know that the after this is going to be so much better. Once I get out of this storm, I know that the weather after that is going to be amazing. Once I get out of this test, I know that I'm going to be blessed with something that's much greater than even I knew I was going to be able to be in. So I live for my after this moments, man, even when I'm in the struggle. Wow. Wow. And see, the thing about that, you process that trauma and we say situations differently. I mean, you didn't fall apart. Now, me and you had some some tough talks. You know what I'm saying? We had some mm-hmm. tough t- But not one time did you be like, man, why God doing this to me? Now, I don't know if you had in your quiet time, you know, but people process mm-hmm. trauma totally different than some other people. I mean, you all all on Facebook asking, you know, will y'all pray for me? I'm going through, you know, you processed it in a way that was, uh, that made God proud. Differently. I would say. And, and I've handled it, and it's crazy because... When you start talking about processing traumatic situations differently, you're going to process each traumatic situation yes. differently. So yes. when I was going through the the situation with my throat and about to lose my my ability to speak, I handled that situation one way. Mm-hmm. But now with this particular situation with the blood pressure and, and, and the uh, pulmonary edema, I've been very public about that. Mm-hmm. I've talked about that. Mm-hmm. I've talked about the changes that I've made uh, in my diet and my exercise habits and different things of that nature. And I've been very, very public about that, even in the public on social Correct. media and things like that. And that has become um, where people are hitting me up and they're like, yo, I really wanted you to do this, man. This is amazing. This is really helping me. This is really providing me with some ideas for myself. So I'm cooking my meals. I put my meals up. Right. And people are like, oh, man, I never thought about putting that together with that. Or, oh, man, that looks great, man. And this, so it's inspired people. I go do my walks and stuff. People are like, I'm inspired by that. That's right. So it's there's growth, a different man. way to handle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's it's, a different way to handle every situation. Correct. Now, if I had a terrible case of crotch rotch, <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't, oh, you man. know, if I if I was suffering in my groin region, that, I probably wouldn't be showing yeah. everybody. No, we would. Matter of fact, I, we know. No. I don't even think I would tell you, you know, because because even even when you I'm gonna tell it right now, even when you went through your surgery, I was there with you. So when he was in the uh in the recovery room, all he had on was the gown. I was like, bro, your throat messed up. Ain't nothing wrong with your legs and your hands. You gonna dress yourself? You gotta I'm, dress yourself. You gotta put. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going there, cuz. You had to dress yourself. Now I'll push you out of here, but you had to dress yourself. Yeah. Wow. So and and it's a it's amazing, man. Each, each traumatic the, the situation is different, um, and how you handle it and how you process it. Mm-hmm. I think the important thing is is finding an effective way. Le- to process I said you can your do it legally. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But I want to. I when I, I want to okay. harp on the effective. Okay. Like drinking my problems away is not an effective way to deal with it because at the True. end of the day, my problem is still going to be there. I haven't done anything, mm-hmm. but get drunk probably created more problems, uh, broken many hearts, mm-hmm. and gain weight. You know what I'm saying? Correct. They are effective ways. So, like yourself and myself, we both comedians. I handle minds a lot of times by talking about it. Like mm-hmm. so, now I had the situation, I had the incident, is what I call it, 
Um, and now I've already got material based Correct. off of the incident. So some people are like, well, why would you talk about it so freely? Why would you say that? And I'd be like, because this is how I deal with it. It That's keeps right. me grounded. It's my reality. It's my it's it's cathartic for me. Yes, right. I'm able to talk about it, get it out. A lot of times you all deal with one therapist and mm -hmm. that's fine if that works for you. Mine is I can go in a room of 100 to 300 different strangers and mm -hmm. those are my therapists. Correct. Y'all going to get all these problems that I got. Y'all going to laugh at it with me. Correct. I'm going to get it off my chest. Some of y'all are going to be enlightened, whatever. We're going to laugh. We have a good time and we feel better. It's going to be endorphins and all kinds of stuff. I'm, I'm all in, dog. Correct. And, and that's the key. See, what people don't know, that's the key of, of, of letting folks know what you're going through. And like you say, it's, th it's therapeutic for you. But then somebody listening like, hmm, I had a show last Saturday. You know, I talk about my PTSD in the show. Had a brother came to me and said, hey, man, I, get, I understand that PTSD. I just started going to seek help last week. And you know what I just told him? I said, man, I am proud of you. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's we the have thing. To, yes, we got to encourage folks. And when you do that, man, when you let sometimes, you know, I, and so I'm a church kid. I was born on a church pew. Correct. So, Ooh. so when, when, you know, they say that, you know, the power, this power through your testimony. And so the, the part about the power of your testimony is really just you providing and saying, this has happened for me. So now someone else knows that it's possible that it could possibly happen for them. Uh, the, 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 the testimony of a player making the NBA is that, you know, and when they go back and they say, this is a guy that made the NBA after being a single house, single home, single parent home. Mm -hmm. And he dropped out of school and he slapped 45 white women. It's not about saying yes, slap white women. What it's saying is uh -huh. you won't make mistakes and you can still reach the pinnacle. So when go. I look at it and I say, man, I've made all these mistakes. You can still be somebody except president of the United States, unless your last name's Trump. Wow, we pray that don't happen. We pray. That don't. <laughs> he done yeah. it once, man. Yeah, if you done yeah, it, if true. God did it once. But I mean, he can make anything like God. Like people be like, God can't do anything. I'd be like, man, he made Trump a president, and he made Flavor Flav a sex symbol. Would you come God on? Can do anything. These are modern day miracles. And when he made the first black president, he went and got one of the blackest people from. Well, his dad was from Ghana. Uh, what, he, what was his he dad? He was a little from? mix. He was yeah. a little mix. But his dad mix. was the blackest of the black. Yeah, he went all his, the way to Africa. And his wife and his uh, mom was from Kansas. So he his, brought, his mama, his so, mama was was bred. So, he was, so you mean to you mean to tell me God ain't funny? Listen, y'all, we talking to Cletus Cassidy, man, better known as uh, I ain't gonna tell you his government name. I'm let him tell it. Appreciate the that. The brother's doing great things, but. As I said, me and him have been through a lot of process. He's been with me when I was going through my divorce. And, you know, so comedy is really just something that connects us. But the other part is our life. And I had to, um, I, ain't gonna, I don't know how to say this, but I had the opportunity, which I w wish I didn't, to be with you when your mom passed. And mm -hmm. that was, I saw, um, I saw you handle that to where you did her eulogy. And I'm like, mm. this brother right <laughs> here. Can you can you speak on that? Maybe somebody who's who's dealing with that right now. Uh yeah, I'm gonna uh let me let me try to get my 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 frame of reference in because it, okay. it brought a lot. I just thought about all of it. Uh because you were here like that day. That day. The funniest thing about it is that day I put Come everybody out the house. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, man, Vernard, go in there and talk yeah. to him. You like, I ain't going yeah. in there. All I, I heard <laughs> some stuff going on in the heap. But he did preface this though. You preface this, you say, Y'all give me a moment. 
Yep. And I, just, we, I need my moment real quick. It correct. There's going to be some furniture moving and correct. all that stuff. So, um, you know, of course, it's not an ideal situation. You know, correct. the unique, which not unique, but there are lots of single single parents. But I was in a single parent household and an only child. So it was really literally just me and my mother. So mm. for me, because of how my mom raised me and and so I don't I don't like to create this utopian idea of me growing up as a kid. It was very difficult for my mom. I mm-hmm. went through my rebellious stages. I did a lot of did a lot of stuff I had no business doing, ended up mm-hmm. locked up a little bit as a kid. Um, like a lot of that kind of stuff, right? Um, but as an adult, I think we both were able to see eye to eye. We 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 develop a very deep, very good relationship. Yes, love, yes. Um, as adults. Um so when that was snatched away from me and and similar to like even I talk about my father's relationship when I just got to know my dad my dad died so like even okay. when I started building a relationship with my father my father died and so now me and my mother are hitting this pinnacle relationship where things are really good we we you know I'm it's symbiotic I'm doing things for her I've been giving her giving her these grandkids mm-hmm. uh she she's you know been in their life and then for it to go away in a blink of an eye um, was really catastrophic, but like we often do when we go through trauma, I put the trauma to the side mm. to think about what has to be done next. next. You know Correct. what I'm saying? I didn't have Correct. brothers and sisters that I could be Correct. like, y'all do the funeral arrangements. Mm-hmm. Y'all mm-hmm. take care of everything for mama. Y'all make sure like in that moment, it, it, and when I say in that moment, it happened so quickly, like to the point of where I ain't know this, but if you die in the house, mm-hmm. They ain't finna send nobody. If my mama okay. had died in the yard, they would have sent an ambulance, picked up, took her down to the morgue, all that stuff. Okay. If they died in the house. It's on you, cuz. Like, that's how wow. they, they be like, hey, we'll send a police officer to make sure it won't murder. But after that, it's on you. Wow. I, didn't I, didn't, I had no idea how that worked. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I had to take my time, figure all that stuff out, get, get myself together there, even having her removed from the house. I had to start doing the work involved. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So many times we we go through trauma and we move our trauma to the side, let our, our trauma sit mm. and never deal with it. And we just start right. going on with life. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. as you go into life, there's another trauma. You be like, well, let me put that over there in the trauma bag. Mm. And then you keep going. You be like, I- I'm going to deal with it. But right now I got to go to work. Oh, I- I'm going to deal with it, but I got to go to little Johnny's baseball game. Mm-hmm. So your trauma bag starts just getting big and big. And you just like, we got to do something and so with my mom like i was able to remember my mom wanted she always said that she wanted her funeral to be done by somebody who knew her correct she said i need them to talk about me correct okay and unfortunately her pastor had just got there okay at her church had just got there the pastor had been her pastor for years he wasn't around so i was like it's got to be me right Mm. like who knows her more than i do correct so it got to be me. So for me, it was cathartic because it gave me an opportunity, one last opportunity to make her proud. Mm-hmm. I felt she like if she was in there, if she was, she was in there. Mm-hmm. But if she was in there, you know, with the ability to listen, if it was other way, it, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. However, however we want to put it, she would hear that. She'd be like, "Yeah, that's my baby," and that that was that my last part. So for me, it was a joy of being able to do that the the duty i felt that i owed her mm-hmm. to make sure all her wishes were fulfilled and uh just being a good son and i left that funeral man and went and did a comedy show yeah yeah that's yeah <laughs> i mean because that's that's what we do i mean just yep. people say okay if you had a death you you would go back to work 
You gotta go back to work. You, to you work. might take a few days, but I, I had to I had to work now. Some yeah. that funeral had to be paid for, you know. So <laughs> they ain't doing free funerals no more, right. man. I don't I don't know when they when they stopped that, but yeah. And 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 you did <laughs> I mean, I know you personally, personally, not it not like the Bible. Not biblically. Yeah, yeah, not but biblically. Yeah, personally. But yeah. Even when you say stuff on stage, when you was talking about your mom and the funeral and stuff like that, I would cringe. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Can he talk about it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like people, people always, people get mad at me because I'm, I'm just, I just say this stuff. Correct. Yeah. And it comes out like, you know, I'll call people. I'd be like, y'all know I almost died last yeah. week. People like, hey, hey, don't say that. I'd be like, well, it happened. That's Are we going to pretend like it didn't happen? Like I, I was right there. I was on the stairway to heaven and, and I realized I don't do stairs. Oh, and God. so I just stopped walking. But yeah, it was it was crazy. So I say that kind of stuff, you know. Uh I tell my kids, y'all know I'm an orphan. And they be like, you can't be an orphan. You grow up. I be like, both my parents is dead. That's what an orphan is. I am an orphan. And so <laughs> my kids be like, you can't say that, Dad. Oh, I'm like, I can't. Yeah, you really can. I mean, I'm like, it's... you have your parents. You you just <laughs> you be happy. But all mine's gone. I mean, and, I ain't got nothing. And people will look at that and be like, why? But to us, it's like you're thinking it. Say it. It's real. It that is that is real. like so. And there's a way to do it. Like especially when you talk about yourself. Now like, you should right. just do it about you know Other people. people, right? And you, you talk about yourself. Like, you be like, hey man, you know Susan is ugly, right? You like, let's just deal with that. You know, <laughs> Susan and accountant is ugly. You know, right. no, you you can't do that because that's hurting people's feelings and everybody got their own self esteem. Correct. But a lot of times, a lot of times we create so many problems. Because we don't deal with the truth. That's right. If we would just go ahead and deal with, I guess the movie says you can't handle the truth. But I believe that a lot of us can't. So we'll go around it and, and we'll and we'll create these narratives that aren't true mm -hmm. when the truth will do every time. That's right. The truth is fine. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody mad but the devils, what the old people say. That's what they say. Man, I'm going to tell you. I don't know how me and you became so tight because I'm just letting this out the bag. You know, people, uh, some people close to us. I couldn't stand Cletus Cassidy, and I had never met him. Couldn't stand him, had never met him because I heard when back when I used, when I retired and moved back home, they used to have this thing called I think it was the picnic in the park, mm -hmm. and I was it was hosted by Cletus Cassidy, and I did not know him, but I was I was mad that he was hosting it, and I had been a comedian for two weeks. And I'm like, why I'm a not hot, a hot, hot two weeks of comedy? A, a hot two weeks. Then I get a chance to be on the show with him and Jay Farrow, and my name was Reverend Peanut Butter and Jelly, and them brothers joked me. Which is I, why you weren't hosting. That's why you won't. Because <laughs> the fact that at that point of time, man, your maturity level in life oh and my. as a comedian was. What am I gonna call myself when I get out there? Oh Red my bread, god! Peanut butter and jelly. Oh my god! But you know what though? You have to have someone in your life that, as our bishop would say, that's doing something that you want to do, and study them and ask them questions at a level that you want to do it at. Correct. That. Wow. Say that again. At the yeah, level we'll, we'll get, we'll talk to people who do what we want to do, but you're wow. not going to learn from somebody who don't know any more than you do. Correct. You got to find somebody, Hey man, that person is doing it. If you want to, if you want to be a painter, go to somebody who's out here really painting, mm -hmm. who's really doing the job. If you want to be a mechanic, go out here to somebody who's actually working on cars. Correct. Like who's at a level, who's opened up a, a, a dealership or open up a car shop or whatever. That's where you want to go. 
experience is the best teacher. It doesn't have to be your experience. Wow. That's you can good. learn from somebody else's experience. If I see you go and mm -hmm. you take a left and run into a brick wall, mm -hmm. every time you turn left, you run into a brick wall. That's experience teaching me. Don't take that left. <laughs> I'm a fool if I see you turn left and go into that brick wall every time. Right. And I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to take that same left and then be surprised. How did I end up in this wall? Because, fool. And then you yeah. can't be like, I didn't know no better. This is my first time. Yes, it's your first time. But yeah. I watched him do it 27. Instead of, no, sometimes you got to be like, okay, I see his experience. I'm going to move differently. Now, mm -hmm. everything that everybody does is not for you. Correct. And we're gonna talk about that. So your way to the top is not necessarily or whatever. Your mm -hmm. your experience is not necessarily gonna be theirs. You gotta be able to, as they say, and I'm fat, so I know this one. Mm -hmm. You gotta be like Garfield. Okay. You ever watch, you ever watch Garfield, the, the cartoon the cat. cat? Yeah. Garfield would take a whole fish, throw that fish in his mouth, <laughs> spit the bones out. out. Yep. That's what you gotta be able to do. You gotta be like Garfield, take that fish in, and 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 spit out what you don't need. Correct. Take what's good, what's gonna nourish you. And the rest, let it go. I didn't want to comment and be like, you need to take in nobody's meat. No. Because that's no, no, that would have no, came out wrong. That would have came out totally, totally, <laughs> totally, totally wrong. Oh, man. Because you shared with me. You shared with me. I used to try to, Cletus is the best I have seen with just coming off the top. I mean, you come off the top of his head, he can just spit it out, spit it out. So I tried to do that. And Cletus said, bro, you got that PTSD. You got PTSD, okay? You can't remember. <laughs> you, can't, you got PTSD. <laughs> you got ADHD. You got all the letters that the gay people don't take. So every, every letter that the LGBTQ <gasps> didn't take, you got all the rest of them. So you need to calm down. <sighs> you are best. You're at your best prepared. Yep. Ready to go. Written down. Structured. Yep. You're a military guy. Like yep. that structure is Come, embedded in you, whether yep. you want to admit it or admit not. It not. Yep. All those years you did in the military, structure is important to you. Yeah. As, right. uh, what is it? Uh, SOPs. SOP. That's Those, it. That's SOPs it. are important to you. Very. I need to know I'm going from A to B to C to D to E. And y'all have seen when people try to skip from A and go all the way around Correct. to E, bad things happen. So you be like, you know what? I need to follow these procedures, and you you at your best like that. And, and the thing I like about it, you didn't you didn't uh, try to sabotage that. You know the thing like, oh, I don't want nobody to get better than me. You were like, no, nah, brother, we, <laughs> I know what I got. I know I'm what I can my do. Own. Correct. I'm securing my own. And and so there's a lot of things that people say that I think I, I, there's a lot of phrases that people make that I think are just ridiculous phrases because okay. they don't make sense, but we hold true to them. Okay. Like people would be like, I, I won't complain. It don't do no good anyway. No, complaining actually does a lot of good. Mm -hmm. Like we would still be, if it weren't for Martin Luther the King and them complaining, right. where would we be? Like yeah. complaints and the action after the complaint. Like there's nothing wrong with a complaint. What's the action that's going to be after your complaint? Correct. People say that competition isn't good. Competition is it, good. It's competition, healthy competition pushes you mm -hmm. to a different point. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm watching you, uh, I let you, you push me, I push you. So when I watch you and I be like, hey man, Bernard is on my on my tail. Bernard is right there on me, man. I, I gotta I gotta tighten up and do better. Mm -hmm. uh, or how, not even in that way. For me, I don't believe that the student needs to be, be become better than the teacher. I would love for you to. I'm great at, I, oh, and yeah. I'm happy if you do. But I, I ain't ready to retire yet. Right. So while I'm still in the game, if I see my student catching up on me, 
I like, well, let me try to move up a little bit. To keep, there you go. Keep some distance between the students. So that's a healthy competition. Now, when it's, I'm not going to put you on a show or I'm going to talk right. bad to people about that's That is just negative. That, that's jealousy. And that shows a lack of self-esteem on your part. Correct. We can all eat. us enough pie out here for all us to eat, man. Ain't so it? let's let's eat. Because I haven't seen folks around, around here walking around here. There's enough. People are eating. <laughs> no, no, ain't nobody, ain't nobody starving. <laughs> ain't nobody the, pan, the pandemic ain't leaving nobody hungry. You can say what you oh, want to say. Oh, man. I got a, um, what is your take on the mental health of the com, of the uh, comedy community? As we, you know, everybody talk about, let's talk about the smack and, you know, the, uh, the thing that came up and, you know, about the, the Chris Rock thing. And then uh, Dion Cole, when he's talked about his trauma at the end of his show, you know, people are like, what? But all that you talked about, what you've been through, but you still got to get on stage and make folk. They don't care about what you done been through. Make me laugh. I done paid this money. I done paid my that, money. How could that affect the mental health of a comedian? So there, there's a lot. So, so one of the things that I always say, man, like one of the things that a lot of comedians do, the first thing they put on before they go to a show is their mask. That's the first thing we That's put on it. before we hit the stage, man. Comedians put that mask on. So no matter what I'm going through, no matter what my day was, I got to go out there and perform. We don't get sick days. We don't get PTO. We don't mm. get any of those things. Either you perform or you don't. And like you said, the guy in, in row 10, he don't care what you went through that day. Correct. He don't care that you had a flat tire, that your kids was acting up, mm -hmm. that, that, you know, that your gout is flaring. He don't care about none of that. None of that. Are you going to give me this quality <laughs> laugh that I paid for right. a month in advance? You know right. what I mean? I've been knowing about this show for a month. Mm -hmm. I need you to give me what you're going to give me. They don't care about your mental state. I think it's unhealthy for comedians when they use the mask of comedy, when they use comedy um, as a as a uh, as their prescription for what they're doing, when they okay. use their comedy like uh, alcohol. OK, I'm just going to use it to cover okay. what's happening in my life. You still have to deal with. Correct. The situations that you were going with. So I joke about when my mom passed, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I went to grief counseling. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it helps me, but it's not the end all be all. Sometimes comedy is just an OTC. It's just an over-the-counter drug. It's not That's true. really a prescription strength to get you what you need to get through. That's why you see com comedians commit suicide. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of comedians who are dealing with severe depression, who are who are, are turning to drugs and alcohol because they still are not getting what they need to out of life. At the end of the day, comedy is a vocation. Okay. Yes, it's a lifestyle, but it's still a job. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I is bus drivers. You can't tell the bus driver, hey, bus driver, you dealing with a lot. Just go drive your bus. <laughs> Because you got you know, them cheering up there. So, yeah, you can, yeah, you got all kinds of stuff happening. We have to be able to deal with properly what we're going with. So a lot of comedians have a lot of things built up in them. Um, and being a comedian, one of the things I want people to know is being a comedian is a job. And we are allowed to not be at work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are times we are definitely allowed to not be at work. People okay. see you as a comedian and think you're going to be joking at all times. Like, cause all time. give me give me a minute. You don't yeah. treat doctors like this. Yeah. You don't treat lawyers like this. Every time a lawyer walk in the room, you be like, "Hey, look, try this case for me real quick." You know, every time <laughs> right. a doctor walk in, be like, "Look, look, look, look at right. my crotch. Tell me right. what you see right here." You know what I'm saying? So we supposed <laughs> you to be know, on. every time. But comedians got to be on at all times, and then y'all start judging my work based on I saw him at Renard's house. <laughs> he wasn't funny because <laughs> I wasn't working. I was off. <laughs> 
I saw your husband at Bernard's house and he won't empty in the trash cans. He's normally, he drives trash trucks for a living. Like, I can't judge his ability to drive a right. dump truck based on what he's doing and out. So let, let us let us live and let us breathe because sometimes that fishbowl, and so for me, because I do clean comedy and I, I, I do so much in churches and corporate events and things like that, mm -hmm. it seems my life becomes a fishbowl because people judge what I'm going to be able to do on stage. They look at my life. They want my life to match what comes up on the stage at all times. Like, Time, I can't right. have a moment. Right, I can't right. remember. Like, I even when I went to my doctor's appointment, it was a lady in the doctor's office. I got on a mask, I got a hat covering my oh. face. Lady doctor's office, you know, we all praying for you. So now <laughs> I feel like I can't even tell you what I'm really in here for. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, what if I was coming in here for a bad flare up of herpes? I can't put that on there because I'm in this fishbowl. This lady is watching what she I'm is. inputting. You know what I'm right. saying? And it's a HIPAA violation, but she know I got herpes. Oh, no, I'm not admitting to herpes. No, no, no. I'm just telling y'all. Yeah, because I wouldn't what, be what talking if, to what you if right it was, now. You know, I, I would mic. change my name to Joe Mexico <laughs> if I had the herpes. That's why I get my medication at. But so you live in this fishbowl. People always watch you. And so a lot of those positions, a lot of public figures, that's why you mm -hmm. see the depression rate in preachers so high mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they aren't able to be themselves. Right. Right. So that's what I want for all comics. I think the comics should have the freedom to be themselves, not to have to be. I know Shakespeare said all the world is a stage, but mm -hmm. we ain't fitting to have to be on the stage at all times. The Correct. stage is all over the place that we don't get on, Correct. even though some of us try to be on every last one. But mm. Mm. shout out to Steve Harvey and Kevin Hart. But no, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> but but the reason <clears throat> I like the reason we're talking about this, because I remember you um you gave me a show because you had to go, you had to go all the time. Let's say long, 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 long time ago, I was like living in an apartment with, with Trish. And me and Trisha got into an argument. And I don't know the, the church beside Norfolk State University. Okay. Yeah. You you uh you told me, look, my boy can hose, he'll do that. And me and Trisha got into an argument right before I left. And I carried that anger with to me the show. to the show. And when I got up there and it didn't flow right, I got mad. And then I came back and told you, I said, hey, man, I think I messed up. And you said, let me tell you the same thing you told me. You got to put that to the side, do your job, and then pick it back up and deal with pick it. Pick it right back up. Leave that, at, leave that right there. Once yeah. you cross that threshold, leave that right there. Like, I, I, um, whatever you're going through, and people don't understand that we're doing that. And a lot of y'all have to do that at your regular job. Correct. Like, I, I don't need you salt my fries angry. <laughs> if I come to McDonald's, I need you to be a happy salter. You know what I'm saying? You can't be in there. I can't believe <laughs> Tasha go tell me she loved that man more than she loved me. And you and I now I go and have a stroke because you mad at Tasha. Yeah. I just need my salt to be at a regular kill. We all have situations, and you talk and you talked about it. There, there are times that when we are processing, there are appropriate times to deal with things mm -hmm. in an appropriate way. There are appropriate angles that you have to take. And if you start processing stuff correctly, you'll learn, okay, right now is not the time for me to be mad. Right. I'm angry. My feelings are valid. Correct. But right now, I have to put those feelings. I just got to put them. I got to categorize them and put them in their right place. This is not the right time. This is not the right setting. Let me do this. Um, women don't seem to understand that. No. No, we Women no. think we're going to talk about this right now. Right now. I've always been like, I know who I am. If I ever get into an argument with a woman, I always tell the woman, and I've been dumped by hundreds. Yeah. I, and, yeah. I, and I tell all of them, 
if we're having a heated debate, I know my mouth, I know my temper. Okay. I'll talk to you about what it is. I ain't finna talk to you right now. Not in the heated okay. thing. Right, right. I'm gonna talk oh, about yeah. your mama. Yeah, I'm gonna win. I'm, 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 I'm gonna cut. For, yeah, I'm in it for the I'm win. I'm cutting deep. <laughs> yeah. I, it's not even about finding a, it's not even about reconciling or finding a solution. It's about who can win this thing and I'm competitive. Correct. So Correct. I'm going for the fatality. <laughs> but give me, give me like 30 minutes. Right. Give me my moment. What you said when my mom passed. Give me my moment to breathe. Breathe, right. Right. Give me my moment to breathe. Give me my moment to have my conversation. Because I'll argue with me first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, man, you know you you know you wrong. You know you ain't had no business slapping that girl in the high pots like that. You know, she it was a public place. You know how she feels about food lines. She's respected there. Right. You know, <laughs> you were wrong. You know, but then, but she always wants me to give her public displays of affection. But it was the wrong one. Mm. Hold her hand. You know, so I had this whole conversation with me. Now I'm at a place where I'm able to bring in. Right. Where I'm able to bring in. If something is on full, like if you got a tire mm-hmm. and that tire is as full as it can go, you don't put all the PSIs in there. Come on. You put, and and to the woman, she's like, I just wanted to say one thing, but I'm yeah. at my, I'm at my entire tire. PSI. Mm-hmm. That one is going to make this whole tire explode. Correct. Give me a second to push the little, the little, the little, whatever, the little nipple, the little tire nipple. Yeah, let me, let me let that <laughs> out a little bit. Yeah. And then yeah. now I got room to take in what you got and I can do it safely. Correct. And we can roll off together. And, and a lot the of The process that, is important. Yes. And a lot of that comes through uh, therapy. And me and my wife went through therapy along with my kids. And I was telling Cletus 24-7. You know, I throw it in there. Hey, bro, therapy helped me. That's what he said. He be trying to make me go, man. But I be like, man, my Thursdays are full. So it's it's difficult for me. No, I'm a a believer in therapy. Um, I am a believer in clinical therapy. It doesn't make you, quote, unquote, what people say crazy if you go to a therapist. Um... Just like it don't make you, it don't make you a cripple if you go, if you tear your knee up and you go to an orthopedic. Peter, that don't mean on. you're a cripple. Correct. They just need to get you back the way you are. You have something that's strong and functioning. Mm-hmm. Your brain is strong. Your brain can function. Let's get it back to where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that helps a lot of people, man. We put so much, like you said, stigma mm-hmm. on going to 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 therapy and things of that nature. So we got to get out of that. Doesn't make you any weaker if you go and At talk all. to somebody. Um, none of that. Actually, a lot of times, man, it takes a lot more strength mm-hmm. to go in and tell somebody, "Tell me what's wrong with me." And we love, we love to right hear. That's it right there. We love praise, man. But that corrective criticism, boy, that Jake is hard. That, but, but tell me what's wrong with me. Come, 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 come hey, fit, help me, because you're not uh, gonna ever be able to fix you if you don't even know what's wrong with you. Correct. You ain't here, you ain't here working on your brakes and your brakes are fired. It's, it's your alternator that's going crazy. Come on now. And I don't I didn't I didn't really want to go to anybody who really knew me. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't I don't want you to really I don't because now you you're looking at me from how you know me. No. Yeah, don't don't know me at all. Don't know me. Yeah. Let me walk in there and be a blank slate. You ain't never met me. I ain't never met you. And you come and tell me, "Hey, this was wrong with you. You don't yeah. take nothing seriously." And there I'm like, you, go. you know what? You know me. You know, yeah. So that yeah. works. I mean, I tell, I tell my therapist, it's my job to come here and throw up all over you, just, just, just because I look at it like this: when your stomach is hurt, 
and you got something that's some foul food in your stomach, you gonna no, be no, got to come out one way or other. You be a miserable until it come out, and once it come out, you're like, "Ooh, I feel a whole lot better." And a lot of things about therapy, I realized, you have to go back in your past and your childhood and dig up stuff that you probably don't want to mess with because Cletus, as long as I was in the army and away from home, I didn't have to deal with the traumas that I had back here. Until I moved back home. That childhood trauma is real, man. Some of us are still, dog, a lot of us by Jordan simply because we couldn't get none when we were kids. Come on now. I got Come a whole on. bunch of Jordans in there. Right. And sometimes I look and I be like, I don't even want to wear these no more. But I couldn't get them when I was a kid. Come on So now. I, I relish it. Some of us do things to make up for whatever lack or inadequacy mm-hmm. or whatever made mm-hmm. us feel bad as kids. Some, listen, some men out here hoeing. Because mm-hmm. when they were kids, nobody would talk to them. Yep. I tell yep. people all the time, I didn't get cute till I got to college. Okay. I couldn't get nobody in high school. <laughs> and all of a sudden, <laughs> it was girls in college who had limited choices, who had never seen anything like me before. <laughs> and now they were like, oh, man, he cute. He and I was cute. like, oh, yeah, he must be. Who is he? Because I'm the only guy in the room. <laughs> oh, me? Oh, and yeah. And so you was like, oh, I'm jumping all on this train. Correct. Because I never got that validation. Correct. It. I, I talked to a friend of mine. And it's so crazy when you sit and think about it. So many, and I and I'll say this about both men and women. So many people have peaked in high school. Okay. If you look, there's a lot of people that still won't let go of whatever it was they accomplished in high school. Wow. Forty years ago. Wow. You know I was a you know I was a track star in high school. Well, you you can't run, you can't even run your mouth now. <laughs> like what what do you talk about, sir? Right. The pinnacle of their accomplishment. Won the state championship in 1986. Mm-hmm. Dog, it is 2023. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That has no effect on the life of anybody at this point. You know Correct. what I'm saying? Correct. That so many people hold on to all of that. So it's the same thing with our trauma. Mm-hmm. Something somebody did to us in high school. Shelly May yep. turned you down. You gave her that note that said yes, no, or maybe. Mm-hmm. And she said no. And you ain't re- you ain't recovered from that. Correct. In all your life. So we got to get over all of those wounds, the things that our parents didn't buy us, the things that we didn't get to do, the trip that we didn't get to take. I didn't get to go to Jamestown in fourth grade when I was in school because I was mm-hmm. in trouble. I made sure I fought heaven and hell to right. make sure my daughter got Don't, to go to yeah. Jamestown in the fourth grade. And I was like, this place ain't really all that. I wanted to go. <laughs> right. Like, I because it was a long field adult. trip. It was a long f- They were going all day. We was going was a, all day. And I didn't get to go. Right. You know what I'm saying? So because I didn't get to go, I was hurt. It was a lot mm. of pain there. And it's another, it's another one because I was able to uh, speak to a young man, and being that he was he was touched when he was a child. Okay, all his life he was going through. I got to be with as many women as I can to prove to myself I'm not, gay, you know, I'm not gay or that. I, no, I'm, I'm still a real I'm man. Like, you see right. how many women I slept with? Right. This ain't what it is. I'm this. Right. Trying to cover up for uh, what really happened to yeah. you as In a your child. Childhood. You know? So that's that's why I try to be as good as I can to my daughter because yeah. I don't want her Correct. You know, to be a stripper because of the things that I did. <laughs> that's right. While she was 10. That's right. And and that's one of the, the real bonds we got, our daughters. You know what I'm saying? We, hey. You want to see us act up? Them and they know they. They talking about them girls, the boys. You you all right? But you yeah, say they, something about them girls, boy. <laughs> Listen, y'all. We have some been furniture moving. Yes, sir. We have been talking to Mister Cletus Cassidy, y'all. He is a wealth of knowledge, as I always say. He's more than a comedian. The brother is a a, 
a, a figure in the community. He does uh, what they call self-help stuff. He does nonprofits. He's doing fundraising. And he always do it under the radar, and he wants no – I don't care what you don't want. It's time to get um, – to let folks know, man, you're doing some great stuff, man. I want to tell you straight from my heart as your boy, I appreciate what you do. Uh, you have helped me plenty of times, even with my PTSD. You be like, hey, man, chill. Okay, it ain't that It ain't that serious. And I was going through my divorce. You like, all right, you going to mess around and lose it all. <laughs> you, you better calm down, cuz. It ain't that serious. So Calm down. Look at where you are. Look at what you got going on, man. Yep. I, I, I think that. Um, everybody needs it, and and so right, and not to and not to put me at like I'm some kind of you know super super superhuman figure, but I, I same thing with Bernard, man. I think that's why our friendship is so yeah. great because there's a um there's a level of reciprocity out there, mm-hmm. and I only say reciprocity because I know that Bernard yeah. couldn't say don't it. know what the heck it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So there's a level of reciprocity <laughs> there that uh I watch you and uh, I watch your relationship with your wife. I watch some of the things that you do. You know, when my daughter get ready to go to college, your daughter went away to college first. So I get to watch how you're handling it. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing? And, and you just hit me with a man. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. All right, cool. I'm good. Like, even knowing, like, for me, one of the fears you have is, okay, my daughter's going to go to college. She's going to forget about me because now she got yeah. all these friends. And oh boys, all this yes. stuff. Yes. But me seeing when we went up to Virginia Tech to see your daughter the first time mm-hmm. and how in a sea of people she found her daddy. And that was all that was important. And yep. I still see how she calls you all the time. She still leans on you. Mm-hmm. And so that's amazing. So, like, that took away some of that fear for me, even though it doesn't mean that my relationship is going to be exactly like right. that. But right. I know that the, the possibility is there. Um, I found somebody who married a wretch like you. You know, Trish is an amazing woman. How did how did you end up with a Trish? Hey, I boy, God is good, huh? I was nobody believed in you. God did. I yes, know. I, I know TD. So, good. um, <laughs> so for you to end up with Trish, you know, you look at it, and so I watch our relationship, and I realize <sighs> that, like, so for me. I realize that relationships ain't gonna be perfect. Ain't gonna be perfect. Because I'm right. the dude that be like, you argue with me one time, dog. I'm out. <laughs> I I be like, listen, won't know you want the last one God made. <laughs> so I'm out. Yeah, that's your one. That's your saying too. Stuff and then come back, meet on a level, and and progress. No matter how mad you get at her, no matter how mad she gets at you, y'all realize at the end of the day, y'all love each other. So mm-hmm. let's get back to that. And y'all handle things in adult ways. You'll be like, hey, man, I just needed a minute away from her. Well, yeah. She'll call, hey, come she'll get your brother. She'll, she she, she hey, will call him. him. I didn't look, you, remember him. That, you remember that time I said I was going to quit comedy? I said I'm going to quit comedy. All I know, Cleveland get, called me. Come get your hey, brother. Man, how you doing, bro? What's going on? Oh, Lord, she done called you. I'm good, man. <laughs> no. So you got to have those people in your life when you processing trauma. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to come to you and be like, hey, man, I'm having me and my wife, man. We had a little problem right there. Man, come on, man. Let's go to headlights, right, and talk about it. I don't want to know. No, I'm not going. No, don't not that. You gotta, and you got to have positive people to help you process there you go. that stuff, too. Yes. They got to be able to They got to be able to know. They got to also be able to know you, your situation. They got to be able to value what you have as much as right. you do. Correct. I value... I value your relationship with Trish. I value your relationship with your kids. I value your career. Same. So for me, it's what can I do to help him not only get right in this situation, but protect mm-hmm. what he already has going on. So right. you look at somebody like, for example, I'll use John Morant, who's going through a lot mm-hmm. right now in the NBA. He doesn't have people around him who value not just who mm. he is, what he brings to the table, but value what he has. If Correct. you truly value your friend, 
the moment you see him even think about putting a gun on Instagram, you cut in, you run in the room, you jump on the gun to cover it up. You got to be able to tell him, no, because this is not a smart move. This That's is true. not the career choice you want to make. You right. know what I'm saying? You got to have people around you got who to. are not afraid to tell you when you're when you messing up. Hey, because you're messing up, man. You need to do this. Because it's not about uh, if trauma going to happen. It's when trauma going to happen. When? <laughs> I mean, you you can't live without it. I don't care with all these shootings that's going on everywhere. Everybody's hyper. You it's just, a trauma. Right. I don't care if you're in the greatest relation. This is what I tell people all the time. You gonna have your 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 person is gonna hurt you. Mm -hmm. You gonna be okay. hurt. I don't care if y'all got the greatest relationship of all time. One of y'all gonna die first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When that person die, you gonna be hurt. Yep. It's going to be a hurt. There's going to be a hurt somewhere in that relationship, right? So there's going to be a trauma. Mm -hmm. Y'all going to have kids. Something might happen with the kid. The kid might mm -hmm. break an ankle. Like, and we feel a, th those are traumas for us. Correct. You know what I'm saying? All, everything in life is going to bring some kind of trauma, man. We just we are guaranteed that there's going to be trauma. That was in the Bible, man. And, life is short and full of trouble. So, And sometimes, please, that trauma would, would, would turn out, I'm going to say, good. Okay, Trish. She has a cleaning service called OCD Cleaning. She got her trauma when her son got sick, when Nick, our son, got sick and had a bacteria infection. The doctor said, well, maybe it's because of maybe some dirty towels or maybe something. When she heard dirty, that flipped Won't something be no, more her. Dirt, no more dirt no more. It's no more dirt. No way. Trish be out here sweeping the park. <laughs> like, it's a park. Trish, why are you? She blow out the garage and just, I'm like, so that OC, and I had to learn that, that what she's doing is not killing nobody. I just got a clean house. Yeah, what, I can eat off y'all floors. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's a, single, it's a single man house. Trish OCD affect other people. Y'all came to check on me when I was sick. <laughs> I'm around here almost about to die trying to clean up stuff. Man, that is crazy with people. And Trish still man. found something. Hey, when people, when I say I'm coming over, some people say, you bringing Trish, which, <laughs> well, well, that's my mama. She said, you bringing Trish because she knows. I got to clean up if Trish she is ain't, coming. She ain't doing that. But listen, man, hey, it has been great chopping it up with you. Let the folks know what you are doing and what you got going on. Or how man, they can, can reach you and everything. Man, you can always find me on all forms of social media, man. The branding is simple. It's Cletus Comedy, C-L-E-T-U-S Comedy. That's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's on everything except Christian Mingle. Come on now. Uh, on Christian Mingle, you can find me at my sword and shield comfort you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my rod and staff. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, so you can find me. Of course, you can go on Kev on Stage Studios, man. Mm -hmm. And you can find the, uh, the sitcom Churchy. That's right there. I mean, there's eight episodes. I'm in six of them. I played Deacon Charles. It's great. A lot of the episodes, I'm the first person you see on the episodes. So that's that's exciting. Wow. And uh we'll still we'll be working on season two soon. So check out that. While you're on the Kevin on Stage Studios app, man, I do have um I was on the his show, Keep Your Distance Comedy. So I have a set on that. Um, and they actually just have a separate short set of me from when I was on tour with them. Yeah. Uh, so yep, that's that up hilarious. there. So if you want to see that kind of comedy, then daily. I have my own morning show. You can find that on Facebook. It's called See You in the Morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. I just get up, man, and for between 30, 30 minutes to an hour, we just walk through Pandora's box, man. That, you don't know what I'm going to talk about. That you don't know what's going to come out. You and it can what? go left, so y'all just be prepared for some, some <laughs> but, laughing. 
you it's still good material. It ain't vulgar where you. No, it's not vulgar. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be grown up stuff. It's yeah, gonna be stuff that adult. you deal with. That's as right. An adult. That's right. Um, and then seven o'clock Pacific time in the morning, mm -hmm. I host the Michael Collier Morning Show, which is ten o'clock Eastern time. So that's great. It's me, Michael, and a variety of guests that come on and talk every day. And on his podcast, Michael talks to everybody. I'm I'm a little bit of everywhere. Yeah, man, so. yeah. And I, the thing I like about you, uh, you don't mind trying something new. Nah. If it don't it, work, okay. It, it, it don't work, it don't it work, work, man. I, I've been fired from lots of jobs. Oh, yes, you have. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. But listen, man, you are now released from the stigma-free zone. Listen, everybody, your boy Cletus Castley, please go follow him. He has a wealth of knowledge, and if you see him on the street, talk to him. <laughs> don't ask me to be funny, though. Just, if you see him on the street, yeah, yeah, just yeah. say hi. Don't, don't be like, give me a joke. I'm like, nah, because then you're going to think I'm a jerk. All right, man, you released from the stigma-free zone. Peace. Thanks for listening to the PTSD Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit follow or subscribe on all podcast platforms so you can stay up to date on new episodes. Until next time, stay stigma-free.